Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So let's talk Big Five basketball for a little bit. Obviously, you know, you left Temple in the hands of Aaron McKee. Billy Lang steps into the role as St. Joe's. Coach Wright is still at Villanova. Ashley Howard is entering his second year at LaSalle, and it looked like they're going to be a tough team. And Steve Donahue as the uh, reigning five, reigning, sorry, Big Five champ at Penn. The landscape of the Big Five has changed completely. It, it seems completely different. What are your hopes for moving forward? Well, I think that, well, first of all, the, the, the Villanova program in the last six years has been just extraordinary. Uh-huh. Not only been a fabulous Philadelphia story, but it's a fabulous national story how well they've done. So I think they deserve an unbelievable amount of credit. Mm-hmm. That being said, what Steve Donahue and, and his group did this past year to win the Big Five was really extraordinary. It was amazing. So there's a lot of really good teams in this city, a lot of really good coaches and programs and I'm just hoping that things go in cycles. And uh, for me, I mean, I went to LaSalle. I coached at Penn. I coached at Temple. I have a a master's degree from Villanova. And I actually hung out a little bit at St. Joe's many, many years ago. So I I spread my my wings uh, a lot of places. But but I love Philadelphia. I love what what Big Five basketball means to the city of Philadelphia. Yes. And you and I chatted about it a couple weeks ago about when kids come into Philly as away from Philly, they, but they come in to play at one of these five schools, yeah. do they really understand what they're getting themselves in for yeah. and how important it is to uh-huh. the fabric of Philadelphia? Uh-huh. So, all right, so let's speak on that. Because a lot of people feel as though that the Big Five um, has lost a bit of its luster. Yeah. It's not as big as it used to be. Why do you think that is? Well, I just think when, when I was a kid, I never thought about going anywhere else other than Philadelphia to yeah. go to college. Yeah. These kids today are thinking about so many other things. The advent of ESPN has made us much more in, in tune with what's going on nationally. Yeah. So there wasn't, a, in years gone by, there was many, many uh, generic fans. They didn't really care who was playing. They just voted for whoever the big five was playing against. Yeah. These days, you're much more inclined to root for a certain team. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of kids that are going elsewhere to go to school. Uh-huh. It didn't happen when I was a kid. When I was a kid, you didn't have a lot of money. Nobody had a lot of money. But you know what we had? <laughs> we had enough. Yeah. Our parents made sure we had enough. Uh-huh. Our family and our, our, the people in the neighborhood knew that we had enough. Yeah. So it was different. It, it, it was much, the world was Philadelphia. The world wasn't yeah. global like it is today. So I yeah. think it's that, it's that more than anything else. Okay. Coach, what's one of the biggest differences you've seen in kids in these recent years versus kids when you first started coaching at Temple? Yeah, I think the kids are still pretty pretty similar, Darrell. Uh, I think what happens is we as coaches, like I, how, how about how many times where you probably heard it too when some of Coach Wright's older guys came in and said, you're that easy on these guys right now? And then you're saying <laughs> it about the, the guys now. You know? it's, 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 yeah. it's a cycle. It's just, it's just what happens, you know, in, in life. And I was really hard on the kids that I first coached. And then I got a little older, a little smarter, and, and understood that they were working just as hard. And I, I probably should have been 
kinder and gentler, you know, but it, it's what you do as a young coach. You think you have to, everything's life and death, and, it, and to be honest with you, it is life and death. For those 40 minutes, it's life and death, and that's what makes you good at what you do. But I, I think the kids are still the same, but they, they, they want to be treated a little bit differently. Uh, you know, kids, you're not, you're not having kids play in the playgrounds anymore. That's not what happens. Every, every game that you play as a young person is monitored and, and set up for you by somebody else. So it's just different. Times are different. It doesn't mean they're worse or better. I think they're just different. We have to adjust to those differences. Okay. Uh, AAU. Obviously, being from Philadelphia and seeing, like, Sunny Hill League, you know, you've you seen that caliber of basketball, AAU. Where do you think that's heading? Because at that point, I feel like it's, I feel like it's at a point where it's taken over almost high school basketball. It's made high school basketball obsolete. Well, I, I'm hoping you're not right. I'm hoping that, that uh, Me too. high school basketball is very meaningful, and I think it's, it's a tremendous product, and it's certainly a tremendous product in the – Philadelphia metropolitan area. There's so many great programs, great players, great coaches. Uh, it's Again, it's different. We have to adjust to the AAU, AAU world. And for the most part, there's a lot of really good AAU programs out there. And I'll give you an example if I can. When I was a kid, uh, and, even, and even older than when I was a kid, in the Philadelphia Public League, for example, uh, you know, the public league would practice on a Monday, play on a Tuesday, practice on a Wednesday, play on a Thursday. And then the kids, uh, they, didn't, they weren't in school for the, you know, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Well, they were in school for Friday, but they didn't practice or play oftentimes, you know. So what happens is there was an opening for an AAU coach to say, I'm going to take you down to Washington, D.C. and give you a pair of sneakers and, and have you – uh, you know, I'll feed you and do all that stuff, and we'll play games for a couple of days. So it, it filled a role. It filled a need in, in many cases. So it's it just what happens. It's how a game has evolved over the years. And so I'm hoping that the Philadelphia Public League will remain as a very viable product, and they will do a great job in, in helping those kids get to be college basketball players. And there's so many good programs out there in the Philadelphia Public League. The Catholic League has gotten a lot of attention over the years. I was a product of the Interact League, and there's a lot of really good programs. The Friends League is terrific. The, you now a lot of the public schools in the area are starting to become viable products as well. So I just think we have to adjust to each other always. It would be a, a wonderful world if we all adjusted to the things that are going on and <laughs> we weren't complaining about other people. You know, We were yeah. just trying to help other people. Uh, one more question about college basketball players, and then we got to talk about just you, Fran Dunphy as a person. A lot of college basketball players seem to be more aware of their financial situations. Mm -hmm. And you hear a lot about young pros doing things from letting people invest in their contracts to just being smarter with their money. Mm -hmm. What is your advice to any players out there as far as, like, making that jump to professional basketball yeah. and dealing with their money? Well, I would probably, if I was, uh, if I was some advising some of the younger players, I'd say go to the older players that you really think have their act together uh -huh. and say, what, you know, how would you speak to your younger self? You know, like it's mentorship. Would you, would you take care? Yeah, exactly. Be a, be a mentor to those younger guys. And I think the older guys are happy to do that. But the younger guys are, you know, they sometimes get carried away. It's what, and that's what I did when I was a kid. I did some yeah. foolish things, you know. But I didn't have the money that some of these guys have. But, <laughs> but I did foolish things. And so they, they, you figure it out, but you hope that they're doing things like forming their own foundations and giving back to their communities and taking care of their families and, and those kinds of things. And, yeah. 
because life without basketball is going to last a lot longer than life with basketball, and you have to learn how to how to marry the two. That's good. That's good. All right, Coach, let's talk about you. Do we have to, Darrell? (laughs) Yes, we have to, real quick. First of all, what's your favorite thing to do outside of basketball? Your identity is so many ways than golf and basketball. What do you like to do outside of it? Well, I I like to do the the teaching that I've been Uh uh, asked to do, and that's been fun. Uh, I love hanging around with my grandson. That's Uh been a lot of fun. Uh, As I said, I like playing golf with my buddies. You know, that's been fun. But I'm, I'm... now I'm interested in, do, you know, going to see a Broadway show or going okay. to uh, St. Charles Seminary, which I did the other day, and uh-huh. getting a sense of what uh, Catholic priests had to go through as younger people and now how many people are there and what it looks like. And they've now just sold a lot of their land to the mainline yeah. uh, health system and what that's, what that's going to look like in yeah. a couple of years. So I want to go to museums and learn more about life and do things that I never had a chance to do. Maybe and something crazy like read a book or something like that, you know. So, but I'm having fun and I'm enjoying myself. And uh, but I'm I'm anxious to watch some of these uh, basketball guys and see what they do and and how their teams will be. And uh, I'm grateful for my my uh, existence that I had as a college basketball person. My man, my man, favorite cheesesteak place. Yeah, well, there's a place on campus that I go a lot. It's called Plaza Pizza, so okay. they do a great job. Okay. But I'm, I'm, uh, there's a lot of great places in, uh-huh. in Philly, so, and I'm gonna tr- about ready to try them all. <laughs> my bad, my bad. All right, Coach, final question. You are by far one of the most humble people that anybody in Philadelphia has met. Your ability to keep things in perspective and understand life. Like, you spoke about it several times throughout this podcast, you know, just understanding each other. Being patient with people, understanding you got to make adjustments. Times are changing. You speak about everything with humility. Where does that come from? Where does that wear thought to just yeah. see the full picture come from? You know, I think it comes from your upbringing, Daryl. You know, I think my parents were really good at. They never made a judgment about people. Yeah. They never would prejudge you. My son, how some my son somehow has that going. He's he's a delightful guy to talk to because he could care less who you are or what you're all about. Yeah. He's just telling you. Who he is, and he's he's welcoming what you are all about. And he, whether you're a basketball player or an actor or a, an accountant, he could care less. Uh-huh. But he doesn't prejudge, and I think it's something we all should learn from. Our parents, they, my parents would say, if you're invited somewhere, you will go, my man. Because <laughs> yeah. somebody took the time to ask you to go somewhere, you yeah. go. And so I think it's that kind of thing. And, again, going back to our childhood, we didn't have much, but we had each other. Yeah. And we had enough. And we just kind of hung around, and we, the older guys in the neighborhood took care of the younger guys. And, and I think that mentoring is what we should all be about. And, there's, and the last thing I'll say to you is I went, went to this breakfast a couple weeks ago, and Father Rob Hagan was the, was the, uh, the preacher yes. at the breakfast. <laughs> and one of his great lines was, the world is made up of two different kinds of people, those that are humble and those that are soon to be humble. <laughs> yes. You know, and I think it's a great lesson for us to learn. You know, life's not always going to go great for you. It's yeah. going to be a trial, and uh, you, you've got to be ready to, to accept some difficult things that happen to you. So I hope it's that. I hope it's a process of my family, my neighborhood, my environment, yeah. and the people I've learned from over the years. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Like I said, this has been... 
Fran Dunphy, man, one of the, the great Philadelphians, not only a great coach, but a great person, man. Thank you for being on the show. This man. is like, like you don't understand. I know I'm, I'm trying to keep it together, but this is huge. <laughs> this is like one of yeah. my best interviews. Thank you. Well, man. you're, you're nice to say that, there. I'm happy to be with you, and I'm happy you're doing this, and uh, you're a good man. My man, my man. Thank you, man. Stay tuned with everything going on with Coach Fran Dunphy, man. See y'all later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.